Bad at Parties is sponsored by Abbey Art Seattle and the Ballard Homestead, music, arts, and community events for people of all ages and incomes. With reoccurring events including the Moth Story Slam, Cathedrals, and The Round, there's always an event when you're in Seattle. Check out Abbey Art's online calendar for intimate performances by many of the artists featured on Bad at Parties. Learn more about this nonprofit organization and how you can attend, volunteer, and host events at fremontabbey.org. Hey gang, this is Andy Zook, and you're listening to a special episode of Bad at Parties on the road for the Future Ghost Tour. While in Portland, I got to meet up with one of my favorite PDX creatives, Becca Fink. Becca works at a shop in Northeast Portland called Modern Domestic, which sells fabrics, sewing machines, and they host classes. Today, we're going to talk about Becca's primary art form in the world of textiles and how she's integrated her life fully into this community and has found herself in opportunities to create, write, and learn. If you want to check out the shop or read some of Becca's writing from the publication Quilt Folk, check out the links in the details of this podcast. It's also on social media, so if you want to follow Bad at Parties on Facebook, Instagram, you'll see that stuff and all the future other episodes. So get to subscribing. All right, here we go. Becca. (laughs) Is this happening? It will eventually. I haven't decided where to cut it yet. Okay. I just usually just start talking and eventually. I was it. like, I feel like I'm being recorded. You are being recorded. It is actively recorded. Okay, it's happening. Yeah. I feel like this happens every time. Yeah. Every time you're on a podcast? No, every time you do a podcast and I hear it, but people yeah. are like, oh. Oh, are we doing it? Yeah. <laughs> people don't laugh like that. Nobody laughs like that. That's a goofy laugh. That's great. Have you done a podcast before? Yeah, um, Autumn, who was on your podcast with Right. Her, she and I recorded here, and we did our, um, uh, it's terrible. Is it The Bachelor? We, yeah, no, that, it was Bachelorette, based Bachelorette. in Bachelorette land, uh, and we reviewed mm-hmm. episodes of The Bachelorette, and it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Have you watched the most recent series? No. Me either. <laughs> <laughs> the second one's less surprising. Yeah, I right. <laughs> I mean, given that I had a podcast about right. it, you were into it. Was, it. I was not really committed to it. I mean, I would take notes when I watched the show, and then I would, like report back. But the I think it was like the content itself was lacking. Right. So we didn't. But also, that's your version of not very committed to it. Is I took notes during the show. <laughs> And then would come prepared for it. That's the most. But it only made like three or four episodes. I know, but that's the most Hermione answer in the world. It's just like (laughs) I wasn't. I wasn't prepared. I just took notes and then came with those notes and (laughs) thought of conversation (laughs) topics. Yeah. 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 (laughs) That's so sweet. Yeah. Um, Autumn did the podcast. Mm -hmm. Oh, we did that here. That's right. We did it here at your house. In last, it must have been like last August because Mm -hmm. that was when I was in Europe and she. You guys met here, and I was out of town, and I was like, yeah, use my house. Use my house. It's totally fine. Yeah. yeah. So this is the second podcast that's happened in your home. What an honor. What an honor. What Somewhere. a blessed space. <laughs> <laughs> um, you you dr- got to travel to Europe, but then you also got to recently do the trip to Hawaii, right? Yeah. So uh, that was in April. Mm-hmm. I went to Hawaii, March, April, um, with Quilt Folk Magazine. Dude. It was I still haven't Silly. looked through it. I've looked through like what they have available online. Yeah. But I haven't seen the paper version of it yet. I've got a copy. You've got one? <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. I assumed you would. It's really cool. I uh, am really happy to be a part of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they travel to different states around the country interviewing quilters. And um, it's a, there's no ads in the magazine at all. So mm-hmm. it's ad free uh, publication. It's sort of, Sort of similar to, like, a lifestyle, I don't know, like, Kinfolk, if you sure. will. Sure, Kinfolk or Darling or one of yeah. these ones. Yeah, and it happens to be called Quiltfolk. Quiltfolk. I but, didn't even think about that. Yeah. That's exactly. Oops. Did they steal that from Kinfolk? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, Okay, it's... that's a diplomatic answer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, like, what is stolen, mm-hmm. but uh, it works really well. <laughs> that won't hold up in court. I don't know what is stolen. Of these I mean, things. they're... Quilt people. So sure. quilt folk, it's sort of a, a nice name. It yeah. has a good ring to it. I think it's super sweet. And it's, I, I feel like when I looked, I saw this image of like these three ladies. Are they kind of the... 
So the guy who started it, his, his name is Michael McCormick, and okay. he is uh, he was a professional baseball player for oh, many years. Very cool. He's like entrepreneur to the nth degree. He was like, I'm going to be a baseball player. He did that for like five years. And then he uh, started this lighting company um, that ended up, it was like a natural light um, mm. inside. I don't know what they call that. Um, and then he, so he's manufacturing lighting and uh, it ended up really booming in the quilting industry hmm. because by a sewing machine, you need You need good light. lighting, yeah. Yeah, so that ended up do, like, doing really well and, and he was selling wholesale to a lot of quilt shops, which turned into, he was like, well, I've always wanted to publish a children's book. Hmm. So he, he wrote a book and then he, uh, because he was already had like, one foot in the quilting industry through the lighting, he started um, manufacturing fabric to go with the children's book. Mm. So then he sort of got into that world, and then because he's already publishing, then it sort of adapted into a quilting magazine. Cool. Um, and there's no, like, most quilting magazines that you'll find on the shelves are all um, how-to, like right. patterns, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's all related to like it's how, instructional. Yeah, yep. it's totally instructional, and this is strictly storytelling. So right. there's no like there's one in issue two. We had one contributor put in a pattern, but other than that, um, there's like a recipe also like for cookies, but nice. it's <laughs> but it's or brownies or something. But right. it's not um, it's not instructional at all. So it's it's all it's just community, which is so cool. Yeah, like, and yeah, because so much of I mean, you get creative, crafty sort of people, and what are their basic hobbies? It's mm-hmm. like they want to be at their sewing machine, but they also want to like cozy up with a book at the end Absolutely. of the day. Absolutely. So it makes perfect sense to tell stories also because they like they like a good story. Right. Well, I, I feel like what's what's difficult in anything that can get into this realm of like quote unquote like craft yeah. is this idea that it's just it's a thing that you do to isolate, mm-hmm. which I think can be really frustrating can really make people have a hard time falling in love with something that they truly love they're like I really like doing this thing but there's this stigma around it because when I look at kind of what image it sends out there Mm -hmm. it's all about hey how do you do this better how do you isolate more and more rather than hey you're a part of this that means you're also a part of this and that and it expands you rather than like yeah it's a really I mean the craft itself of sewing is like pretty uh solitaire solitary Mm -hmm. I guess you like you're on sort of by yourself yeah um but there's a lot of like guilds and groups and people who um sew together in like collaborative ways and charity sewing days and stuff like that right um getting the backstory of like who made this quilt and where did it come from and why was it made and getting this like super community perspective has been really I I couldn't believe going to Hawaii. That was like, what? Right. Okay. So, but like before I get to Hawaii, like yeah. I do think that that is really cool because it's, it's taking that thing where yes, it's, it's isolated, but what art form isn't an isolation? Yeah. Like, I think it's entirely a cultural stigma that, yeah. that is like, how do we not perpetuate that internally? Yeah. How do we redirect I mean, it that? translates to most creative things. I yeah. think are really, um, I, the funny thing about quilting is that there's this uh, whole world of quilters who, they're called celebrities, right? So like... Goddamn. S-E-W. Celebrities. Oh, sorry. Speaking to all the future ghost quilters that are out there, if they're listening to this, I do swear sometimes. So Watch out. Watch out, you stitching bitches. That's a thing. I know. I know a thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, I do too. Um, the celebrities of the world oftentimes are very introverted mm-hmm. and forced in, and this is probably the same thing for music, like suddenly forced in very large group environments that they have to be, they have to entertain or they have to right. engage or they have to teach. And some of these people like, not teachers, you right. know, like not... <laughs> It, it not. is those two, like being good at something yeah. and good at being good at showing other people how yeah. to do it. Not the same thing. Not and some the same of them thing. are phenomenal. Of course. But there's a lot of uh, just funny, like 
I mean, I love I love the whole world so much, but it's a very like niche community, and mm-hmm. it's huge. It's like it's like a eight billion dollar a year industry. Mm-hmm. The quilting world. Yeah, I I think. That's a number. People have said it, and your parent. This is—is is this maybe a little Facebook level knowledge? I know. Like I mean, I think that's true. Good. I, I could look. It up. I believe you inherently. Like I'm like. Compl- I could just I, make up a bunch of things. About you could, and, and I'd be, be like, like, "Wow, scripture." Our phones are gone. <laughs> no, um, but I, I. What was I going to say about that? You were taking those trips to to Hawaii. You mm-hmm. were traveling around, and I was. I think about like. When you get to tour as a musician or when you get to go around, mm-hmm. you're seeing all kind of the different genres. And again, there's a lot yeah. of melding between these different things. But totally. you still see that this landscape or this space yep. creates a unique style. Yeah. Um, and it seemed like from what I was able to pick up just from the online version yep. of stuff, that that was a big part of the trip. Totally. Is like what is being created because of the space that yeah. we're in. Yeah, and so it's cool too. So the first issue, because the magazine's based out of um, Eugene... They oh is it yeah that's where that. that's where they're based um, moving to Portland because Mike's getting married and moving congratulations to Mike right right big things <laughs> like this week I think so many um, quilts he's gonna get <laughs> so many wedding quilts <laughs> I thought about that put them in your chest your cedar chest at oh the foot of your gosh, bed Mister and Mrs Quilt folks um, <laughs> so it got started so in uh, Eugene it got started yeah. in Eugene the first issue naturally was Oregon so the shop that I work at Modern Domestic was featured in the first issue right and that's how I found out about them and then I was like hey do you need a writer and they were like actually yeah none of us quilt mm-hmm. so it was kind of this perfect marriage because I do I quilt and also like write so it yep. was a good uh, combo and then um, the second issue was in Iowa and that was like very sort of you know, fly over country, like, you're not really going to hang out in mm-hmm. rural Iowa, right. but if you are, if you're a quilter, like, dude, there's some crazy cool things happening Absolutely. in Iowa, yeah. in that world. And then, uh, from there, we went to Hawaii, which is so different. It's all applique and, um, you sure. know. A, Destination state, rather than a flyover state. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the style of quilting is so different. Um, and then... The next issue that comes out October 1st is Tennessee. Hmm. Um, and that was also really cool. And a little taste of the South. So you are you have already seen what that looks like. Yeah. Were you in Tennessee for that? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Are you going to on location for all this stuff now? Um, that's, as far as I know, that's the... I'm not going on the next one, but um, we'll see in the future. Cool. It's sort of like issue by issue. Totally. Literally. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the point of being a freelance writer <laughs> yeah. is... You it's kind cool. of, you it's project with, based. Yeah, yeah. Roll with the punches. I get so, that. Um, it's been really fun though. Okay. So Hawaii, the first one, which was issue three. So, it's... so the first one was, that I went on was Iowa and then Hawaii. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Hawaii was much cooler though. <laughs> Actually, yeah, cooler. That's okay to say. Picture. Yeah. It was what you were interested in. I'm sure there's plenty of people that would have I found mean, Iowa. Okay. Yeah. It was, <laughs> I don't know. They were both really great. They were yeah. different trips. But yeah. Um, going to Hawaii was, it was neat. There was so much, so much history that I learned about Hawaii as mm. a state. Um, it was just cool to travel and I would love to travel more for work in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just love the quilting industry and getting to like talk to people about it and, uh, really just getting on their level, whether it's like going into their home or going into their shop and sort of, like, seeing them in their element Mm. and having them, like, just be stoked about something and share that, you know? Well, and I feel like that's... It's it's been cool to see you kind of get into modern domestic and have that open up Mm -hmm. opportunities like this. And where modern domestic is such a place where I'm not like someone who's ever been into sewing, mm-hmm. like, I, I like to consume things that are sewed. I mm-hmm. like to wear them. I like to, like, see, like, cool artistic <laughs> things that are created, but um, that's not an art form I've ever engaged in. But, yeah. like, just being in that space, I was like, I just want to be here because this stuff is cool. Yeah. Because there's good taste involved in this. And totally. And high-quality stuff. I love, I also love that at Modern Domestic, they've allowed me to explore other things, like this freelance writing, and it's been, like, such an open book of, like, I'm, I'd like to explore this thing. Um, what do you guys think? And they're like, yeah, go for it. Mm-hmm. And then they just like, you know, work out my schedule and I'm able to take time off to go do something else. And I, because my job at 
at Modern Domestic is primarily, um, like, I don't have to be there to work, because I do, I mean, I'm usually there, but I do all of their marketing and social media, and so I can do that remotely, so I can send out a newsletter from Hawaii, or whatever, but, um, (laughs) isn't that so great to just have, like, those pieces where you're just like, oh, I can just kind of be wherever I need to be at to do this job, yeah, um, and they're really great about it, and, um, I just love that, like, I've learned, I've been at MD for three years now, Mm -hmm. and um, it's been really neat to, like, be a part of that, and they're so open about, like, how it's two women who own the business, and they are just very open book about, like, this is how we do this, and this is how, like, these are our numbers, and these are our, like, these are our goals, and these are, it's just been very enlightening to know, like, how how a business runs. You, they've been transparent with that with you, or yeah. they're transparent with that to anyone could look at that information? Um, I mean, as an employee, right. yeah. Okay. But, and then, like, I know that we did uh, an internship <laughs> with a, uh, a girl a few years ago who um, she was like, I have wanted to open my own, like, craft store. Can I, like be a fly on the wall and sort of like help out and um which is what the point of an internship yeah and they were like absolutely and then it was sort of like at the end of her like quote-unquote shift they would go upstairs and talk about like this is what we're doing and why and then Mm. so just sort of like they're really great on like education and but that's sort of like the whole thing right right even down to like not just how to run a business but also like um the whole sewing concept of like this is what this is what a, you know, how to sew this thing and Mm. be successful and feel good about it. Yeah. I think that that's so great. And I feel like that's been a big part of, of doing this podcast as well and having conversations with people is I always want to incorporate like a, how are you getting to do what you're doing? Because I think that can be one of the most debilitating pieces Mm -hmm. is people are afraid of taking risks. One on this tour that I've been doing for future ghost piece, I had this conversation. I think it'll get published as well uh, on the podcast, but it was with this, uh, lady Bridget who's in Boise mm-hmm. and she owns this beautiful shop that's got like skating stuff in it oh, and cool. then she also does her jewelry and she does like fuse glass in there but then she also puts on events and is like creating spaces for other artistic people to come in and create things there as well and just like talking with her about like how do you just get started and her kind of just being like I don't know it's kind of like skating like you just kind of you drop in like you've got to just do it and you'll yeah. probably get hurt yeah. and like I feel like that's so important for people to be like, oh, yeah, like, this is how you do this and not hurt yourself really badly. Like, you're going to still probably get hurt a little bit. Yeah. Like, you're going to screw up. Totally. Yeah. And I think, you know, them telling you, like, yeah, go ahead, try out that freelance writing stuff. Yeah. Like, you're probably going to have some pieces that are going to be really hard and suck, but, yeah. like, go here's permission to suck yeah. at something. Well, and it's, yeah, and then I can, and then they know, like, when I get back and I'm like, oh, <laughs> so much to do. And then I don't know why I do this to myself, but I'm like, I'm only going to be gone for four and a half days. And then I'll right. like, I'll come back to work on this exact time. And then I, Dude. you know, jet lag or whatever it is. And I just can't, I, and then I have articles to, to write Dude, and I submit am, by a certain date. I'm going back to work tomorrow after this ah! podcast. And my, <laughs> my first thing I've got scheduled for myself is at 7.30 a.m. And I'm going to be in the office for it. And I'm like, what? Gross. <laughs> Why did I do this? I know. I have definitely learned the value of like the one w- day window. Come on. When you, you try, like you just plan that like your trip is actually only four days long, but you say it's five. Yeah. So that you can like sleep in your own bed, do some laundry, say hello to your pets. Yeah. Fly (laughs) out Sunday, fly back Saturday, and then you've got that previous week Saturday and then next week Sunday. Yep. Get those days. I only wish that I believed that when I actually planned a trip because I'm like, I'll be fine. I can rally. Oh, yeah. (laughs) This is me telling myself. (laughs) And you're the worst at this. You're so tired. You're going to be so tired. Tomorrow's going to be um, an experience. Worth it. It's going to be worth it. It's totally worth it. It didn't have to be worth it. I could have just been like, yeah, book another day. Right. Oh, well. Oh, well. But then, I don't know. I fill those days. If I've got a blank day, I tend to fill it. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you probably would too. I know. You'd be like, oh, I'll just have another day. And then you'd be like, well, I'll just stay here another day because I want to also do this thing. Or I'll be like, I have one day and I'm going to... 
paint my entire kitchen. <laughs> right. As we said, in your kitchen that you painted today? Not today. Not today. Other things you did in here today. Yeah. I yeah. painted it within the last, like, four days. Start to finish. Done. Yeah. Everything was put away. Done. Yeah. I followed the Instagram stories. It was cool. Yeah. 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 I didn't overgram them. No. Just that... the stories. I feel like you can go heavy on a story. You can go as hard on the story. I just got into Instagram stories. I was, like, doing them for bad at parties. Mm-hmm. Um... And it's fun. It's super fun. I think what's nice about stuff like that is that you don't have to, like, go back and, like, oh, that was stupid. Yeah. Like, so it disappears. It disappears. <laughs> Sometimes I have the opposite where I'm, like, that was pure gold, and I hope everybody saw it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's also part of it. But then <laughs> at the same time, story? it's just, like, who cares? <laughs> no one cares. This is, this is just me <laughs> wanting other people to know how cool I am yeah. so that I can feel cool through other people seeing me. It's me going... Dad, Dad, I'm going to do a cannonball. <laughs> Come see me do a cannonball. Did you see my cartwheel? Did you see my cartwheel? Did you see it? I'm yeah. going to do it again. I'll do it again. And then there's a picture of a cartwheel. See, that's, and that's the one I hope you got a picture of the cartwheel. I hate it. <laughs> but I love it. <laughs> yep. Yeah, speaking of apps, I just downloaded Waze yesterday. Mm, which is the, like, route it's, yeah, service? It has changed everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because it'll, like, it's, like, very... It took me through such a beautiful neighborhood that I've never been to before Mm. on my way home from work. It was, like, take this route. Mm. And then I did, and I was, like, that house. I want that house. Nice. What is that park? I've never seen that park. I, I, this has been one of the most striking things for me on this tour is I always forget that I love this when I do, like, long drives by myself Mm -hmm. is just some of the crazy structures that you see. Today in Portland, I saw this massive house that had stones bigger than my body that yeah. were part of the framework of the house. It's so rad. And I just looked at that and I was like... What neighborhood were you in? I, I don't know. I have no ability to keep track of my location. It's I don't cool. know what neighborhood I'm in right now and I've been Southeast. here... Oh! <laughs> Southeast. You know it's a grid, right? The city of Portland. No, but there's this river and then there's all these highways <laughs> and then there's so many bridges. Portland is hard to find my way around. There's only 12, 13 bridges. That's a lot of bridges. Yeah. That's a lot of bridges. Is it yeah. City of Bridges? Is that what they call it? Yep. Cool. City of Roses. Oh, okay. Bridge. Um, yes. Both. City of Rose Bridges. The Rose. I've never seen a rose in Portland. What? Yes, mm. that's not true. We have been to the Rose. <laughs> oh, that's true. We together. have been to the Rose Test Garden that's together. That's true. That's true. You've seen many a rose in Portland. Today, there was a beautiful thunder and lightning mm-hmm. storm here in Portland. It was bananas. After so many days of like, A, I just got done driving through the deserts. Right. But then also B, like it's been so hot mm-hmm. for days and days and days. And then all these fires. It was like I wanted to cry. I took a walk <laughs> after I had dinner while I was waiting for you. I just took like this long walk and I just was inspired by mm-hmm. all the things I was seeing. You were like, the sunset, the yeah. rain. It wasn't even the sun setting. It was just that the sun was behind some clouds yeah. and that everything was damp and yeah. everything was like shiny with all totally. the drama. Totally. It's like fall is coming. Yeah. It's totally here. Oh. There's going to be next weekend, it's supposed to be in the 80s, I think, again. Rumor has it, but I... I'm into it. I, I can I can go fall. Fall is like as exciting to me as spring. Mm-hmm. New life yep. in a dying sort of way. Fall is my favorite season. <laughs> I um, love it, especially because of clothes. Uh, I want the more layers, the better I look. Totally, I strongly believe this. Yeah, yeah. Fall though, I figured out a few years ago, is much more expensive to dress for than summer. Oh, of course. Because you can get like, a t-shirt and shorts for summer. <laughs> so easy. But you have to get like a nice jacket yeah. and like good pants and something actually waterproof in yeah. the fall if you're. I do have dress. like sewing, like fall sewing project anxiety where I'm like, but I want to make this thing and this thing and this mm-hmm. thing. And, but it's always like my list is ever growing with. Right. Because suddenly it's fall and it's like back to school and I'm like, gotta get out my. Who's going back to school? Who do you know that's going back to like school? Like, all my nieces are going okay, back. It seems like nice. It seems like the thing to do. Like, Do you make a lot of clothes for your nieces? No. Just myself. <laughs> <laughs> I figured out, it. here's the thing. I know. It seems like back to school would be like... I did, although, I did make one shirt for my niece recently. It was that's very nice. cute. Tell it was me about first, it. It was her first birthday. Mm-hmm. And it was a unicorn-themed party. So I did some machine embroidery at the shop I work at and put a unicorn on her button-down chambray shirt. Mm-hmm. It's like 
tiny baby, really cute. So cute. Because they do, like, you can just come in and use their yeah. machines. It's yeah. like a rental thing, or is yeah. it, yeah. Not for that machine, because I'm VIP. Nice. I can use it. <laughs> very, But uh, very generally, yeah, eight bucks an hour to rent a machine. Mm-hmm. It's like such a deal. That's really great. Yeah, and they're really super nice machines. Mm-hmm. So. And if you accidentally like get something snagged in there and you don't know how to fix it. And you're just like, hey. Hey, fix it. Yeah. And that's the worst part about sewing, I hear, is fixing the machine. Yeah, you just need a good machine. Yeah. I drank the Kool-Aid on Bernina a long time ago. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to have that problem on a Bernina. I won't have any problems on one because I will never sew on one of them. Cause... <laughs> no, actually, this is a great question. If if someone is starting, I had yeah. a friend who was asking me this. They were like, we were just talking about sewing, talking about these yeah. different ideas. And they were like, I need to get a sewing machine because mm-hmm. I want to get started. But like, what's like a good entry like level amount oh, to spend question. like what should i actually yeah. get it doesn't matter um <laughs> first answer stupid question nope. that's a great question no, no, it's no. a dumb question it's a great question yeah. it doesn't necessarily matter uh the biggest thing is mm-hmm. to not buy it at a big box store don't buy a machine at costco don't buy a machine off amazon right. don't buy a machine from target because mm-hmm. they don't care there's no follow-through so getting a machine at a dealer is the most important thing, like, because you'll get machine owner classes, most likely, mm. and you'll get um, a warranty of some sort for, like, right. service and mm-hmm. labor and parts and stuff like that. Yeah. So, and you'll be supporting a local business yeah, rather than some stupid box Totally. Store. And then from there, it's like, what do you want to sew? Are you trying to sew denim and canvas and leather? Because right. you need something with a, right. a, a more hefty motor. Mm-hmm. Or are you trying to sew, like, you're just trying to repair your you know, t-shirt or something. And like, it doesn't need to be fancy. Like, Mm -hmm. so I would say anywhere of like $150 is like a fine place to start. If you've never bought a sewing machine, that's like entry level, right? super basic mechanical machine. Just don't buy it on the internet. Just don't buy it on the internet. That's great. That's so like, that's not at all what I would have thought of. Like, because because so many, I, I feel that with when it comes to buying guitars, yeah. I'm like, well, you would never buy a guitar on the internet. Right. Like, you should go somewhere. You should play the guitar. Mm-hmm. It should, you should not. Yeah, and, like, you know. that's the same sort of thing. It's like, go into a store, talk to somebody, sit down at a machine, and try it out. You'll tell the difference between a machine that's, like, that versus a machine that's $700 versus sure. a machine that's $3,000. Sure. Versus a 10000 You know, like, it, go, it goes up from there. Of course. You but can spend... Like, Whatever thing you're really passionate about, you can spend as much money on it totally. as you want to. I mean, yeah. You want to spend $100,000 on a guitar or a sewing machine? They exist. 100000 With I, accessories, may, I mean, maybe. Or if it's really <laughs> vintage. It's a, if it's like some like fancy, fancy old singer. The most expensive machine that we carry is 20000 Okay. There's and a, that takes up your living room. That's cool. It's a quilting machine. Yeah. You're buying it and then you're probably using that as a business no, investment not necessarily no there's are there sweet people that you know that Hobby buy them quilters. there's def- i mean you'll probably i mean chances are like there's a long arm you know long arm quilting business is a thing where you're you have a machine and you quilt people bring you the tops of their quilts that they piece and then you attach like the backing and the batting and oh. you make it the quilt. Right. And there's amazing quilters in the world who definitely have long arms for that purpose. But cool. you could be a hobby quilter and have a long arm. Cool. I mean, and that totally makes sense. But I it's know... no different than like a boat no. or, a, you know, like. Right. You, what? I just want to go fast on water. <laughs> like, you're not making shit. You're just making waves. Right. It's, <laughs> it's art that is like utility. Yeah. And it's something like you can use it and you can wear it. Like, right. whatever, like whatever you're making. And that's Dude, what I I love that comparison of a boat because it's like, why why would you spend that much money on a quilting machine? Because it makes me happy. Mm-hmm. Why would you spend that much money on a boat? Because it's a really good boat and it makes me happy. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And also quilters are like the most generous people I've ever met mm-hmm. because they're constantly giving, they just want to make stuff. Mm-hmm. And then how many quilts can one person really have in their home? Not very many. I mean, you can cozy up to a lot I've of I've seen some houses. I grew up in the church, Becca. <laughs> the answer is quite a lot. <laughs> but chances are they're also making them for like their friends, friends, yeah. baby. Mm-hmm. Or like, you know what I mean? Like there's constantly women who are donating clothes to charities or to, you know, just like giving them away to friends and families. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's certainly quilters. It's like 
there's super generous quilters and then there's like sewists who make their own clothes and that's when I'm like selfish sewing exclusively mm. is like the best. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going to make this for myself. Yeah. And I'm not like, my dad will be like, can you hem my pants? And I'm like, no, no. I will sew those. There's like, no reinforcement. I will sew those like shut. I will not hem your <laughs> pants for you. <laughs> because then all of a sudden I don't have a sewing machine. I have a pickup truck. And I'm just helping you with your errands. Yeah, I thought for a while about, like, sewing things and making, like, doing things in production of, like, I could make Mm -hmm. things and sell them. And I wanted to do, like, it it crossed my mind to do, like, linens and, you know, home decor type stuff. And then I was like, I don't actually, I don't actually want to do sew for other people. And Mm -hmm. and you have to hustle so hard. And there's no margin in it to actually make any quiche. No, because, I mean, it's, if you're not, it's any art form like that. What's hard about making money with these things is some art forms, you can create something and then it continues to make money for you even when you're gone. Yeah. Something like quilting. No. If you're not actively doing it, it's not making money. And the labors, the labor involved in sewing is so, I mean, if you were to pay yourself adequately for a quilt, you mm-hmm. would be charging $2,000 right. minimum for yep. a quilt. And you're like, well, I can't actually... Nobody's going to buy that. And you could go to a store and buy it for $500 right. or less, and much less probably. And Because uh, it's machine-made. Yeah, but, I mean, even if it's not. There was a few years ago Anthropology was selling um, hmm. quilts, and they, they were advertising them as, like, women... Like, a group of women made these, and it was so, supposed to be this, like, beautiful thing of, like, these handmade heirloom mm-hmm. quilts that were all made by hand by women, hmm. and but they were selling them for, like, $600, and hmm. I was like, what, how much are you paying these women yeah. who are making these quilts? And it ki- kind of made me mad, right. and there was sort of this backlash about, around it of, like, oh. hey, Anthro, right. you're Which... talking about the people who are making this. And, like, as a quilter, we know. (laughs) Yeah. But then it's kind of, like, it's tough because you're, like, there's all those people who would probably go to buy that are still being, like, $600 for a quilt. Mm -hmm. That's what they're saying. Yeah. And then there's those people, pointing finger itself, when I see things like this, where it's so, it's that terrible trap that happens with any visual medium, I feel like, is the, I could have made that is my least favorite <laughs> sentence. And I'll say it, and I'll catch myself saying, I'm like, ah, you did the thing, you big dum-dum, but you didn't. Yeah. You didn't make it, you didn't invest the time yeah. or the talent or the materials. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really interesting, and I'll do that also, to be like, ah, I can make that. Right. And maybe I could make a version of it, but I can't make that one thing. I know? can't make that, like, right. and that so much, actual and thing. And the best thing about it is, like, I'm finding the value of, like, I don't have to make that. No. I can pay money and right. someone else can make that for me. So it's that selfish <laughs> showing. It's that like, can I make that for less than that? And mm-hmm. then do I want to do that? Or like, and, or it's the like, you know, you go out to a restaurant and you're like, I could have made that meal, but thank God I didn't have to because right. that was delicious and I don't have to do the goddamn dishes, yeah. you know? Yeah. And sewing I think is interesting because it's not actually any cheaper. Like. Right. You're not, I mean, the cost of materials and time and all of that is like, you can definitely buy a t-shirt mm-hmm. way cheaper and faster yeah. than you can make one. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I was really, I had this really hysterical moment where I had spent all this time on making a shirt and then I was like, I don't have any pants to, to wear with it. Right. So I went to the Gap and bought these pants <laughs> and I was like... And then I'm at the Gap and looking around, and I was like, all of these shirts. <laughs> I just spent so much time making this shirt, and there it is. Literally, it was this shirt. $15. It's that shirt? Yeah. <laughs> it's a lovely shirt. Thank you. I was thinking that. I was like, whoa, what a cool shirt. Thank you. But yeah. you could have bought it. I could have bought it at the Gap. Yeah. But then I wouldn't be so impressed. No. And I'm so impressed. But sometimes at work, we'll say, like, if somebody comes in... Um, like my boss or something, she'll come in and I'm like, oh, Lupin, I love your shirt. Did you make it? And she'll go, no, I bought it with my own money. <laughs> <laughs> and that's kind of like our like reverse sewing world. It's like, I bought this with the money that I earned myself. I bought this with my <laughs> I own did, money. And I did not have to sew it <laughs> one bit. And that's kind of awesome too. <laughs> Dude, maybe that'll be the hip, the anti-hipster backlash. Yeah, totally. Oh my gosh, did you thrift that? Did you thrift that? No, I bought it at full price. Right. We're flipping our hair. For those future guys who cannot yeah. see, there's uh, a lot of hair uh, flips uh, that are happening yeah. during this. 
no, love it. Like, I spent a lot of time in college thrift storing. Um, I think that it can be a really fun activity, but I am in this place right now where I'm working, like, a good job, mm-hmm. and I just feel it's such a gift to give to myself. Like, I won't, I'm bad mm-hmm. at buying myself things, mm-hmm. but then, like, the other day, I have these pants I'm wearing right now, and I was like, these are nice pants. I got myself, like, a good pair of pants, yeah. and, like, every time I wear them, I don't feel bad. No. I'm not like worried good. about if like I look funky no. or something like that. I'm like, this is great. This yeah. I bought it with my own money. <laughs> <laughs> I bought it with my own that money. Then I made for myself <laughs> my job. <laughs> it's a good feeling. It comes full full circle. Right. You're like, this is satisfying. I'm happy with the product. Because I'm... yeah. I mean, I used to make furniture and nothing yeah. would kill my desire to make furniture more than feeling like I don't have enough money to buy a table. Yeah. I have to make a table. Right. Otherwise, we're eating on the ground. <laughs> with, with it really plates. kills the joy of it. Oh, and then you're like, fine, I'll just make it as quickly as I can. I'll just throw some boards together. Right. Like, same thing. You're like, oh, I don't have a shirt for this event that's coming up. I'll make myself this this top. Right. And I and I hate it. I hate <laughs> making it. It looks like I made it. And everyone's judging me. There's a big difference between like... Handmade and homemade. Oh, man. And you're like, ooh, that's homemade. That's homemade. <laughs> oh, that's handmade. Yeah. Nice. Handmade. And you're like, oh, that looks great. Handmade. Mm-hmm. Homemade. Homemade. Yeah. Homemade yeah. had no heart behind it. Homemade had all heart and really bad, really bad, like, ooh, that is unfortunate. Yeah, you need to <laughs> hang out at Modern Domestic and get some <laughs> advice. Do you yeah. feel like, um, is there... So this is a big thing that I think is, I love talking about with, with art forms that are maybe a little bit more like, you know, there are tendencies to engage in things in a, where it's kind of in a renaissance period mm-hmm. right now where people are re-engaging with this art form. Yeah. But simultaneously, there's a lot of people that have been doing it one way that mm-hmm. you probably are like, in some ways, I find a lot of beauty in that. And sometimes you're like, that's kind of a cliche mm-hmm. and I'm tired of seeing that. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about talking about those faux pas that are like done that are done or, or cliches that are done to death? Um, I don't know. There's so many like, as far as like sewing faux pas, like, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of like the world of like, there's this constant tension between like contemporary quilting and modern quilting right. and like, what is that? And there's nothing is actually new. Like modern quilting is just like using solids yeah. In traditional quilting. Sure. It's it's and, taking patterns that are more popular at this time or that are more inventive. But it's using super old stuff. Yeah. Like like they didn't invent the flying geese pattern. It's been around forever, mm-hmm. you know? And um there's like they'll just rename something. They'll take like um a Dresden plate, which is like a sort of circular style quilt hmm. uh, pattern, and then they'll call it like a cartwheel or something right. and it's like suddenly modern and yeah and that's that's always like really silly to me mm-hmm. I just what I like to do in my job is I'm meeting so many people and even though our shop is super modern there's plenty of contemporary cultures who come in or like you know cl- traditional cultures or something mm-hmm. or like garment sewers or whatever who whatever they're doing and I can sort of observe and be a fly on the wall and do for them whatever they need and they're as long as they're happy with it it's Mm -hmm. fine and then and I can enjoy the craft and not necessarily have to enjoy the content right so I'm just like helping them make whatever they want to and then they're happy with it but I feel I think that that's a mature way to approach that in that it's like one of these doesn't have to win out at the end yeah I don't think anything necessarily wins because it's always like I mean they're making it for themselves or for Mm -hmm whoever their audience is. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of times like people have to sew things and they're like, they really want it to be purple and I hate purple. And I'm like, yeah, I've, I mean, I've definitely sewn things for other people that I'm like, I, I wouldn't this is this. not for me. No. This is for them. Right. And that's hard in <laughs> any art form to just yeah. keep engaging. Yeah. Because I think we are, we got into art forms that we like because mm-hmm. we see it and we're like, wow, this makes me feel like a fuller version of myself when Mm -hmm. I engage in this. Mm -hmm. And then when we engage in it in a way that is completely outside of what we want, Mm -hmm. when we feel like we can't bring ourselves into that, we're like, well, then what is this mirror that I'm looking at Yeah, that looks super unfamiliar? Mm -hmm. Like, is that me? Mm -hmm. And it's so hard to just compartmentalize and have the answer be, no, (laughs) it's not. Right. You're making 
You're making a thing. You're making right. some money. You're making a gift. Right. Stop caring. Yeah. Yeah. And it can just be that. It doesn't have to... I don't know. Yeah. It doesn't have to be your fullest version of self. Right. Yeah. And you don't have to be... Like, it doesn't mean it's has any reflection on you necessarily. It's just the thing. It's just the thing. It's standalone, yeah. Yeah. So what are you making for me right now? Oh, Andy, what would mm. you like? <laughs> no, no. What is already under construction? Mm. I, I assume that there's a thing... The thing. No, sorry. Damn not, it. Not. Upset. What am I current? I could tell you what I'm currently working on. Oh, yeah. On. I'm seeing my grandma this weekend in Boise, and I'm making her a wall hanging. Mm-hmm. She's like, she's very crafty with, um, uh, she makes like cards and she'll send them to all of her loved ones in the mail. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm making her a wall hanging that's paper piece quilting, um, and it's all little tiny envelopes with like cute floral mm. fabric. And a little embroidery that's like um, sending love, you know. It's like it's gonna yeah. be like an envelope. Cool. Quilt. It's really cute. That's so cute. <laughs> About how big is the whole thing? It's not gonna be super big. It'll probably be like twenty-four by like eighteen by twenty-four. Okay. Yeah. That's great. And she'll hang it in her craft room. What's your she... grandmother's name? Her name is Zelma Ethel Bazona. Whoa. That is If a... you get one of those names, you're lucky. <laughs> she got all three. What a hat trick. I had to say all three. Yeah. She's the cutest. You don't get just one. No. She called me the other day and she was like, I have you on the calendar for Tuesday, but I thought you said Monday and I have a hair appointment on Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> it was like... We're set for Monday. We're you do not Monday. have to change your hair appointment. That's so sweet. Shoot. Are you flying to Boise? No, I'm driving. Nice. Are you going to be there long? I'm leaving Friday after work at 2 o'clock, and then oh. I'll get back Monday. That's so great. So, okay, when I was in Boise, yeah. you do need to check out the Garden City Projects. Okay. Because it's that person who I was talking with that I did the project. What's her name? Her name is Bridget. Um, okay. Yeah, and she, ha- it's the Garden City Projects. It's technically in Garden City, but it's like... Next to Boise? It's Boise. You just said you don't know ge- ge- geography. geography. You don't know how to say it. You can't make fun of me. Ge- ha! Ge- no! Geometry. Get out of here. No. Geometry. You don't. Geometry. You're right, Quilter. I don't know geometry. Um, oh, Quilter is a real good derogatory. Like, mm. yeah, whatever. Quilter. That really stings. Yeah, really pins you. <laughs> That's stupid. I'm, Stop. You're on a roll, though. I'm leaving I you actually... in stitches right now. Ah! I would expect nothing less. <laughs> okay, Garden City Projects. Yeah. The Garden City Projects. Okay. Really cool. Very cool craft space and art space that you will like. And then the other spot is um, that I hung out with at a bunch of, was um, Slow by Slow Coffee. Yeah, yep. Autumn loves that place. I love that place. Oh, yeah, Autumn's there. You're good friend. Yeah. Autumn is there. Autumn and Sean moved out there, and I love them so much. And my friend Travis and his wife Emily also live there. I went to college with Trav, and uh, super stoked to see them. And um, and then I'll visit my grandma on my way out of town. Yep. She lives outside of Caldwell in, like, a very small country town. Cute. 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 Boise's, like, become a cool place. I lived there. Did like, you live in Boise? Yeah. When? Uh... Right after high school, like I moved, I went to college there. Oh, right, that's right. Yeah, Um, it's so different now. Well, it was like really growing at the time when I lived there. Um, that was like 2008, yeah, 2009, 2008, yeah, 2008. So they would, um, it was like the mall, and across the street from the mall was a cornfield, and then like (laughs) you know, it was just like it's like farmland was butting up against city, and it was right, but I know that the downtown has really flourished, yeah, downtown has really flourished. Um, Boise downtown is like clean and beautiful, it's like you could throw your hat in the air and skip, and that's how I remember it. Is that what you do in clean and beautiful places? (laughs) I never even have a hat. I'm, I'm not a hat guy. I'm, it's your beanie. <laughs> you throw it just it. seems like, you know, a ma- sort of magical Throw my place. beanie in the hair and I do uh, wheelies down the street because I got those wheelie shoes. This oh. is me just perverting your beautiful sentiment. Really, I mean, that imagery works fine <laughs> in this setting. This is me. I'm 12, apparently, in the story. <laughs> yeah, I can see it. Um, I don't know why that... It's always been nice, yeah. Yeah. They have, um, like... A nice down, yeah, downtown. It's been so long since I've been there, though. Hmm. Since then, I mean, yeah, that's going to be kind of weird going back. Cool. Old stomping grounds. Old stomping grounds. And you're just there for like three days. Yeah, it'll yeah. be a quick trip. But... That'll be perfect. I was there for two. It was nice. Yeah, it's only six hours. I've I've got some pods downloaded. I got a book downloaded. Mm. I'm ready to like 
hit the road. What are you listening to? Well, friend. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I actually uh, can thank no one but you for my love for Two Dope Queens. Yes. They are so good. Uh, oh Phoebe gosh. Robinson, Jeff oh Williams. If you guys want to hang out, you just you future ghosts, you let me know. Oh my god, they're down. so cool. You know that Phoebe Robinson is coming to Portland and Seattle with um Yeah. Alana Glazer? Yes. Yeah. From Broad, Broad City. Broad City. Yep. I am quite aware. Yeah, I it have... sold out in like a day and I didn't get tickets and I'm pretty upset about it. Mm-hmm. But I'll just hang around Revolution Hall and like these are real thoughts I've thought. <laughs> These are not jokes I'm thinking. I love them so much. I was actually thinking like, oh, I'm recording a podcast with Andy. I can like, how can I sneak in like a, if I were Jessica, yes. what would I call Andy on the mm. podcast? Cause did you listen to her interview with Terry Gross? No, I haven't listened okay. to that one yet. On what's that? Terry Gross podcast um, or radio um, NPR uh, anyway. I don't know this one. It's okay. Like, this, I have like... This is why it's bad at parties. Story amnesia. <laughs> it's okay. You forget things. It's part of life. Um, she interviews her and she calls her Tear Tear. Tear Tear. And I'm just like, I wish I had the balls to call someone's like such a ridiculous nickname. Somebody that's like deeply kind of like impressive to you. Yeah. And just like meeting them and be like, oh, what's up? Tear Tear. Yeah. Yeah. Little bee cakes. She's <laughs> that's where I'm giving you. There you go. Cool. Okay. Uh, I've got nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, how are you going to compete with bee cakes? You can't. She wins. Boom. Bee cakes. <laughs> also, you have to say it that way. It sounds like beef cake. Bee cakes. <laughs> I don't like. I'm it. really excited to see the bee cakes quilt when you make it. Uh, it can be just like like, cakes inspired by Andy. It seems like it should go on the back of like a denim jacket. Yes! Right? (laughs) (laughs) Like an embroidered, like really badass. Oh my god. That would be amazing. I did embroider on the back of my denim jacket a horse. Oh, nice. It's cute. What's that horse's name? Doesn't have a name. Bee cakes? (laughs) It's a horse with no name. A horse with no name. Nice. What a great song. Okay, so you're listening to some Two Dope Queens. TDQ. Some TDQ. Um, I listen to a podcast. It's pretty cheesy, uh, <laughs> but it's all about like branding and um, like positive self talk, and it's all the things that I really like. These are. This is not cheesy. This is most podcasts I listen yeah, to. Yeah, uh, it's called Awesome with Allison. Cool. And it's a podcast, um, Allison Faulkner. She's like, I don't know. She's a sort of, in. I don't She's like an Instagram person. Cool. Why are you judging yourself? You're embarrassed. Are you embarrassed? I'm, it's just, she's a very loud and kind of like intense personality. And I think she's semi like, a lot to handle in the beginning. Yeah. So take it slow. But Don't be afraid. She's great. She, yeah, she has like I feel so like many... you're apologizing for you and the fact that you like it right now. I actually have nothing but good things to say about it, and I just, I don't need to apologize. You don't need to apologize. I am so solidly a fan of Allison. Cool. Awesome with Allison. Yeah, she also has a cookie party, and I learned... Oh. Julie, cook- right? Ju- yeah, Julie Davidson. Big cookie party fan. Yep. Um, Those cookies are cool. They're so cool. And so that's how I first got turned on to her was What's like, that called? Is it called Cookie Party with Allison? Or? It's called Allison's Cookie Party. Allison's Cookie and Party. And it's, it's like a video um, ebook, like this whole huge thing on how to make the best sugar cookies in the world and how right. to decorate them to like to perfection. And I love a good like intense craft even in the form of food yeah especially in the form (laughs) of food yeah and it's they're really hard thing about food as a craft though people are just going to take your art form and turn it into shit eventually no one's doing that with quotes damn it (laughs) (laughs) true 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 i think Uh, i've made that joke a bunch of times on this podcast wow wow Uh, that's so okay so you're listening to those podcasts yeah you have an audiobook yeah it's uh i can't remember the name of it um but again it's like a I actually heard about the book from the podcast oh, that nice. I listened to, um, and I got the audio version of it. I have, 
intending on speeding it up. I listened to like the preview. On... I can't do that. I can't either, but this guy's voice is relatively low and he <laughs> talks really slow. Perfect. So it's a perfect up. combo. I was like, this one, I can speed up. Yeah. Which at that point, you're not getting it too fast. You're getting it to no, regular I'm, human speech. Yeah. And yeah. I was, I've never been like a speed up a podcast person or a, um, any sort of audio. Right. Can't do that. Mm-hmm. I need to listen to it like <clears throat> as if they're a real person. You're, you're going down. As if they're a real person. Someone sped up. Someone slowed down your voice. He, you found out that he is also a deity who did this audible. And now he's changed your voice. I listened to um, this book. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to... I'm totally blanking on the author. But it's... I've been really... Like, when I drive, all I want to listen to is fantasy novels because they're really engaging. Yeah. And, like, they're just taking your brain away someplace else. So I'm going to be finishing on my drive to Seattle late tonight. Um, I can't believe you're doing that. I, Hell yeah, bruh. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, An Ember in the Ashes is the name of the book. Okay. And it's really good. It's been really good so far. Uh, and then I was listening... I had listened before to Cheryl Strayed's um, book, Audible of... Wild. Uh, not Wild. Dear Sugar. Oh, yeah. Love yeah. it. Love it. Love it. Pour it a water bottle on yeah. it. Yeah. It's just my eyes. My no, eyes are just lit- Dasani. <laughs> I, I cried over it, but I also literally poured a water bottle on my copy of that book. Oh. And it doubled in size. Like, because <laughs> the, the paper made it They so- made it super absorbent, knowing there would be tears. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> she Diaper was- sugar. Oh, no. <laughs> she, uh, she was in the Starlight Parade in Portland mm. because she's... She's, she's from here. She's from she Portland. She lives here. I went to the parade downtown last summer, and I'm watching all these like cards go by with B-list celebrities sure. and, and like, authors. And, and, like, was like, and here's and then, this guy goes by that owns a car shop downtown, yeah, and he's like, and is in his own like, car. It's like cute small town, all the people. I'm sorry. I just did a thing I've never done. I accidentally stopped recording in the middle of that. <laughs> I'm, I just was like, oh. Where are we at? Uh, no, we've been recording this whole time. There was, like, a one-second delay. Oh, cool. We didn't list, like, all that conversation. There was, like, one second. All right, so. where do I back up? <laughs> back it up. I'm ready. So, I went to Hawaii. <laughs> oh, That's no. awful. But you got to see Cheryl Strait. I'm sorry, yeah. audience. I ruined it. Blah. Blah. I have Future to say Ghosts. that I'm really glad that you made this tour called Future Ghosts. I thought that was so cool. Thanks. And that poster, who yeah. made that for you? Um, Ryan Gerber, who... It did like the second or third podcast ever. It was so cool. I have one for you. You do? Yeah, I have a printed out copy for you. Whoop, whoop. And I still got some leftovers. So if people want to have them, they could email me. That's or, so cool. I don't know, Instagram direct message, Snapchat. Slide into your DMs. Yeah, slide into my DMs, my <laughs> dangerous manlies. That's what that stands for. <laughs> Yucko. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I... Cheryl Strain. Yeah. Cheryl Strayed um, has a podcast that is Dear Sugar is the podcast where people, I got are, you. Got yep, to people are still writing in. And then she's with another guy who is on the podcast regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I listened to like the most recent two-part episode that she had. I won't get into it. I will just say, like, damn, what a cool topic to talk about yeah. for people in relationships. And like, That's just awesome. there are a bunch of podcasts that she has put out that are just quality. Ooh. And it's interesting because... Is it like emotional stuff? Like intense stuff? It's Dear Sugar, except instead of where normally she would be receiving letters... So the the format of of, uh, Dear Sugar, the book, was people would write in letters saying, here's this real problem, and then she would give a genuine response. Kind of a Dear Abby thing, but this is more... A little bit more forceful and honest and and backed by some psychological concepts and, and trauma. Um, and so in this, she's got another person that's part of this, but it sounds like the way that they do it is that they are just responding in the moment. Mm-hmm. So rather than like some deeply thought out artistic concept, Response, yeah. yeah, it's very raw and like one or both of them might have an opinion and mm-hmm. then might change their mind. And I think that that is such a good thing to see when you're thinking about complex ideas that often around, revolve around sense of self and yeah. sense of self within other relationships. I love that, yeah. And how what it's like to be like, you will probably hold multiple perspectives about this thing. Whereas the book was like, it came to a conclusion with all these letters. Yeah, because she had like a beginning, middle, and end of, of a response. Yes. Yeah. 
But it's so ambiguous, these yeah. responses, because so little is known when someone's like, hey, here's a problem I'm going through. So are they, is somebody, is there a recording of somebody submitting? No, nope, they're reading it? the letters. They're okay. still letter so format. So they're still letter format. Yeah. And then they'll also have guests if it's very complex issues. Yeah. And, or if they want to gain some additional insight. Yeah. Which That's I, so cool. I love that too. Do they reply to multiples in one podcast? Like, do they have like, or from, is it just one? From what I've heard, I, I've only listened to maybe six or seven episodes. Okay. All of them have just been one. And then they've done a second episode if yeah. it's been two. But that may also just be the ones I've listened to. Yeah, because I like the idea of that. But I also, there's a podcast that I've listened to called, um, it's also on like NPR, um, called, it'll come to me. Basically, they're like interviewing stories, um, StoryCorps. And yeah. that's, I... You introduced me to StoryCorps. I did, yeah. We yeah. had a previous, like, podcast, What Are You Listening To? conversation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we had that conversation a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but that one is so, uh, so interesting to me. And they'll sort of, um, so a lot of them are really brief, and they'll com- compile them into one episode. Mm-hmm. So it's like, they're all the same, similar topics about, like, dads, or they're all similar topics about, like teachers or something like mm-hmm. that or dads who are teachers sure <laughs> these are the two things they talk about <laughs> only <laughs> story court dads teachers and dad teachers <laughs> no it's a great podcast yeah. it's really really good it's really it's a good tearjerker too mm-hmm. yeah that's usually what i'm looking for in a podcast i yeah. don't know of a good like even pete holmes who's my favorite comedy yeah. podcast it's not really a po- comedy yeah. podcast anymore like yeah um I'm looking for a good pop comedy. Well, I guess I got two Dove Queens, and yeah. that's true comedy, yeah. but I need more because... The other thing that I love seasons. about... So this Awesome with Allison podcast, she one episode is a gratitude practice, and it, the entire thing is like, it's intended... It's like episode 24 is intended to use while you're on a walk, and it it teaches you like mm. a like a meditative gratitude practice of like how to like breathe in good and breathe out bad and like every like work up your body and be like I'm thankful for my feet I'm thankful for my knees Mm. I'm thankful for my you know clothes and think I'm thankful for tree like whatever you're like Mm. coming in contact with and just like having this and I'm walking up to Mount Tabor from here right and I was just like crying the entire way and I and this gratitude practice I've done it a few times and it's so good, but it's mm. a really interesting, different sort of podcast. You're gonna like the other podcast I was telling you about before we started this one, the uh, Harry Potter is Sacred Text. Yes. You're gonna love it for very similar reasons. Can't wait. Can't wait for you to check that out. So, then the reason I love talking about this with you when we're talking about all of the sewing and quilting things is yeah. when it comes to any time I'm doing like a hands heavy yeah. art form. I always need something auditory yes. to kind of move me through totally. what can often be like repetitive pro- parts. Yeah. A lot of art forms have repetitive yeah. processes. Is, yeah. is podcasting kind of your like, like do a repetitive yeah. thing? Yeah. So when I'm sewing, I usually tune into a podcast or I will put on an audiobook, or um, a lot of times I'll like play a movie I've seen a hundred thousand times, mm-hmm. like any old Meg Ryan movie or something. Right. I'm also really on a deep dive with, like, 90s country music. Really? Yeah, I can't. I Get can't. a little mud on those tires, you oh know? Oh, my God, I can't stop. Some Brad Paisley. <laughs> Some Keith Urban. I'm just really into it. Yeah. Yeah, like a little, I don't know, Faith Hill. That's your Boise drop. coming out right there. Uh, I think it happened before that. <laughs> it's, like, in my blood. It's, it's in my blood. <laughs> and then I went to Tennessee, and then I was just right. like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you watch the show Nashville? Yeah, actually, Dude. my bosses are so in love with that TV I show. Was, I was into it really hard for a bit. Like, yeah, I, was I watched, like, like, the first few seasons, and then I sort of fell off. Right. That, I but. After a couple seasons, I was like, okay. Yeah. It's the same still. Yeah. And I don't think it's a bad show. I just no. don't think it was right for me after a while. Like, I just right. moved on to other things. But I think it's a really... I, I, in fact, do think that's a great concept and well-executed. Yeah. And if you're... I just love country yeah. music. I can't help myself. Yeah. I love singing country music at karaoke. Yeah. I love, like... That's true. Any... And old country, too, like Patsy Cline and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I, I think that that's great. And what I instantly thought was, if anybody wants to come hang out with Becca, take her to karaoke, <laughs> because I found this to be one of the most fun things to do, is to go to karaoke with you. I mean, it's... you said we could hang out after this. Like, <laughs> there's karaoke across the street on Wednesday nights. Oh, that's so. maybe what we're about to do. <laughs> 
So a big thing on this little tour that I've been doing, that idea of future ghosts, and what I've been saying in a lot of the concerts that I've been going through is kind of talking about this idea of where we come from in the past and Mm -hmm. what the experiences that we've had Mm -hmm. are like a ghost to ourselves and can often feel very controlling to Mm -hmm. who we have to be now. Mm -hmm. Um, But instead saying like, no, I get to be in control of whatever universe I want to be in. And looking at this future version of self that we want to have, that we Mm -hmm. envision ourselves as a possibility, to instead live into that and say that future version of self is as inevitable as this past version. So that's what, where people become future ghosts, similar to how whoever is listening to this right now, you had to be listening to this because you are like, that was a future thing. I'm talking to you. It's so like meta, right? really intense in my brain. (laughs) (laughs) So with that, when you are looking at kind of Becca's future ghost, future self, what Mm -hmm. is the conversation that you want to be having that's kind of mm. pointing you in that direction and like leading you towards that person right now holy smokes I know I guess I feel like I just want to be proud of myself of like this concept of like changing who you are in different times and like not feeling attached to um your job or your right. like you can like change whatever you need to or want to and you can sort of roll with the punches of life Hmm. and still be like I'm really proud of myself you know like I am doing something that I'm good at and I can say like you know there's this whole concept of like um feeling really inadequate or um I don't know why I always forget the term where you're like I couldn't possibly have the authority mm. to teach a sewing class or I couldn't possibly right. have the authority. Kind um, of a self-deprecacy, self-denial. Yeah, it's the, um, I, there's a word. Um, <laughs> there is a word. <laughs> um, but it's this feeling of like imposter syndrome where you're, Ooh, like, I, yes. where okay. you're like, I can't possibly be the, the authority figure or like be good enough. And then, and then being like, actually, yeah, people, people trust me to talk about this or right. to write about this or to... Um, to change this or, you know, whatever, whatever it is. And to just feel like I'm really proud of what I'm doing and I'm doing it with everything that I, mm-hmm. you know, with intention or whatever it is cliche to say about no, it. No, I think that's so real. <laughs> I mean, in what thing have you done that you've been proud of that you haven't, at, at, to begin with, had to fake it? Yeah. You know? Like, there was a, I think it was Brene Brown. Is that her name? Brene Brown. She's like a, she had a TED talk. That's how I mm. found out about her. But she was saying like, it's this motivational concept of, instead of, <laughs> there goes the cat. Drive by kitty playing with a <laughs> fake mouse. Um, <laughs> She's like, it's been an hour. The podcast is over. It's yeah. over. No, Brene Brown. She, uh, she talks about like fake it. Instead of fake it till you make it, it's like fake it until you become it. Mm. And it's like, you are yes. great and like you uh you know you are this like thing already just like tell yourself that you are mm-hmm. and you already are that's actually another loop back to Allison that podcast she always says like you're already as awesome as you can be or something like that mm-hmm. like you are you are you and you're always you're already like as awesome as you're gonna be yeah and just like believe it just believe it and live into it I love it. <laughs> I, I am such a b- big believer in that. And I have a, a, my good friend Tony and I were hanging out the other day and he was talking about how he's been working on like, and this is feel, I think this is how they can feel. He's been working on going into the bathroom at work and smiling in the mirror Aww. because he knows that he's like, he's had people be like, Hey, you're kind of, you seem like you're really upset yeah. or things like that. And he just kind of gets in these patterns. And so he was like, and so I'm just, trying to do that and like your body releases yeah. endorphins and chemicals that make you want to keep doing that yeah. and he's like one time I just started really laughing in the bathroom a lot and it was kind of weird but I just kind of got caught up in the moment yeah. and it's just like just I only do that when I'm intoxicated <laughs> <laughs> you go to like the bar bathroom and you're like all right all right Becca be kicks <laughs> Show me that jacket! Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you'll laugh a lot if I get that jacket. Mm -hmm. No, but I think it's so important just to be like, I'm going to do this thing. And it feels a little silly and it feels a little awkward, but like, who's judging me but me? Right. And And if somebody else is judging me, who the fuck are they? Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Who are they? Yeah. 
Ugh. There's a lot of like positive self-talk around, you know, just be like, I can do this. Yes. Which is why me and my cat in my house don't ever speak negative about our bodies. I love that. <laughs> I'm sorry for saying that your cat was a little tubby. Do you know how many friends I have that come in and be like, ooh, Penny's gotten a little thick. And I'm like, how dare you? How dare you? We don't, we don't talk negatively about, about our bodies. No. And you know what? I would only say that about a cat. I would never... I, I had a... I'm going to... I'm sorry. I'm going to go off on this. I had... A great friend who was just telling me about how uh, they were very much like they they're like I don't compliment or insult yeah or comment at all about a friend's body yeah. weight like and I think that and that I thought that was so great just yeah. the way that they put it and I know that this is important but just like as a reminder just like a, yeah even when someone's looking good just the like why are we reinforcing yeah. what we have n- no knowledge about? Maybe that's yeah. not right for right. their body. Because, right especially because I was actually talking to my mom about this and how there's, so, I mean, she and I both have gone through a lot and like in our life, we got more compliments on our body at the hardest times in our life. Absolutely. And you're like, they're like, man, you've lost so much weight. You look great. And I'm like, I have never been worse. I have never been worse. <laughs> this is me. This is because our society reinforces yeah. really shitty behavior. I mean, I was happy for the compliment because, it, but then like, yeah, it was, I mean, it's really fascinating. And I have a friend who has had a lot of health problems and lost a ton of weight mm-hmm. and more compliments than ever. And yeah. it, like, if people knew that she wasn't actually healthy because like she's sick, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, it's so backwards. Yeah. Give a compliment to someone because you're like, I love it when you laugh. Yeah. I love how much you've been laughing lately. Right. Like, right. what a better thing to say. I love your eyes. That's I, a good one. Yeah. It's like, I, you can't change your eyeballs. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can. Do you get LASIK? Oh, my God. Look at your great. LASIK. Great. <laughs> Are you wearing glaucoma glasses? Did you get... <laughs> Are your pupils dilated right now? They're so dilated. This is dumb. I thought it would come out somewhere good. Uh, oh, this is man. this is why I'm not great at improv is because eventually I just want to self-deprecate and insult all no. of the jokes I've made. You're good. You're uh, good. Safe thanks. place, Annie. Thanks. I feel like this yeah. is a safe place. I mean, yeah. this is great. I feel like we covered a bunch of stuff. Is there yeah. something that you wanted to talk about that you didn't get a chance to talk about? Mm, I don't think so. I think we're covered. All the good things. I probably, you know, could think of a lot more we, things we can talk time. a long time but we'll cut it there that feels there good feels really good all right cheers becca uh, love you love you Aww.